We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. AVS Media Papa Hotel, Lima Echo November Radio Check. Papa Echo November, good afternoon. Uh, read you five. Good afternoon. Read you five as well. Papa Echo November. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. in my life It's gonna feel real good Gonna make a difference Gonna make it right As I turn up the collar on my favorite winter coat This wind is blowing my mind I see the kids in the street with not enough to eat Who am I? Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Scott Marlowe. He's proclaimed as America's most credible cryptozoologist. Now, Scott spends as much time in camas and boots as he does in a lab coat and Oxfords. A fellow of Pangaea Institute and educational consultant to the American Primate Conservation Alliance, Scott is the first expert in the field to succeed in establishing an ongoing college course in cryptozoology at a state institution of higher learning anywhere in the world. His cryptozoology course, hailed as one of the top 10 news stories of 2004 by the cryptozoologist, 
a well-known insider magazine, has won both accolades and awards for its fresh approach and application of forensic science methodologies to the study of enigmatic animals. And joining me now is Scott Marlow. And Scott, welcome back to the X-Zone. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. What's new in the world of cryptozoology? Oh, Lord. <laughs> that much, There's eh? all kinds of things new. We have dragon uh, skulls washing up on the shore, and we've got globsters in the Persian Gulf and all kinds of stuff, all of which needs to be uh, taken a look at. But I have been so busy with uh, the, the Mystery Monsters of Florida summer camps, mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to look at any of the news. Wow, dragon so, skulls washing up on shore, globsters? What's a globster? Yep. A globster is this big mass of Lord knows what that uh, is apparently the remains of a cryptid animal that uh, either washes up on shore or is found floating offshore in the ocean. Wow, and, and dragon skulls? Yep, that's what they're saying. It's probably a hoax. Most of these things usually are, mm -hmm. and, the, and the globsters are inevitably uh, you know, whale blubber. Uh, but you never know. Uh, it, you know everything has to be properly investigated, and it takes a little time. And you can't always make a good judgment not to, de, you know, to demean the media. Sure. But it takes a little time to do uh, do the work that's necessary to determine what's what. And you can't really do it from a piece of video or a photograph most of the time. Uh, tell me, Scott, um, are we any closer to finding the the truth about the Patterson film and Bigfoot? Uh, well, uh, truth about Bigfoot, probably. The Patterson film, I don't know that we're any closer to finding anything out about that, mm. although, you know, there's still people firmly on the side of it's real and firmly on the side of it's not. Yeah, so, you know, uh, let's just leave the dialectic alone and figure the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, like I always used to say, there's three sides to every story. His side, her side, and the truth. Scott, stand by. We've got to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Sure. XO Nation, Scott Marlowe is my special guest this hour. www.pangeainstitute.us And you can also check out www.pangea-academy.org. We're talking about cryptozoology this hour here in the Exxon with Scott Marlowe. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. And we're coming to you live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. I see the kids in the street but not enough to eat Who am I to be blind Pretending not to see them Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. 
For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork, will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. And welcome back, everyone. Scott Marlowe is our special guest this hour. We're talking about cryptids, cryptoids, and cryptozoology. And um, Scott, uh, you've got a new book coming out. I know you're working on it, but um, your book, Cryptid Creatures of Florida, how's it doing and what has been the public reaction to it? Well, it's kind of been interesting. I got off to a really great start. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, then it you know, hit a lull, and now then you know then I did a book tour last year, and it went sky high. Right. And yeah. now now you know this is the season uh, where people are interested in the in the signing. So uh, at this stage, I've got uh, book signing events scheduled uh, through most of September and October. Uh, I, I'm definitely out out of pocket every weekend with one. Uh, so uh, you know it's doing real well. It's just people really want to see the book. Uh, and, and uh, you know, they're beginning to realize that uh, the way I wrote it, it's more of an eco-tourist piece uh, for people who are interested in enigmatic animals so they can, you know, get out there and do the re- some research on their own. How many cryptid uh, creatures of Florida are there? Well, we've got 21 that I wrote about in the book, and these mm-hmm. are the ones that are really well known. Now, in the sequel, if you can call it that, uh, that I'm working on now, Mystery Monsters of Florida, there's at least 16 more. Uh, so it's kind of unusual down here in Florida. We have a whole lot of them. What's the most famous of them all? Oh, of course, the swamp ape. What is a swamp ape? Swamp ape is our southern Sasquatch. It's uh, probably related to the Sasquatch, but not the exact same animal, at least in my opinion. Now, where did these 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 creatures come from? Well, I think that Dr. Krantz uh, was probably correct that the Sasquatch descended from uh, a, a, the Gigantopithecus blackie, or it could be a relic hominin like mm-hmm. Dr. Meldrum believes. Uh, 
in the case of the swamp ape, I believe it descended from a different line, but the same uh, family of creatures that Gigantopithecus blackie came from, uh, but the Oreopithecus, and instead of following the Beringia land bridge into America from Siberia, uh, it followed the coastal waters from Europe uh, uh, and uh, got uh, got here by the Atlantic route. All right, which is, is similar to the way the Vikings got here. So, is the swamp ape related to Bigfoot? Uh, from a familial point of view, yeah, because the Gigantopithecus blackie descended from the Shivapithecus, and you know they're all interrelated. Uh, the only surviving member of that family of apes is the orangutan. How do we know Bigfoot is real? We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Nobody's ever and nobody's ever seen uh, the body of a Bigfoot. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of, I don't know if it's myth or... Well, on those occasions where a body has been evident, it mm-hmm. has disappeared, of course. Uh, there are stories like Zena in the Republic of Georgia, and uh, the Chinese have claimed that they recovered a body, but it disappeared, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and we hear that all the time. I mean, here in the States, we get more hoaxes than anything else when it comes to the animal. But uh, there's been some hair samples collected uh, on Yeti expeditions to the Himalayas, uh, some Sasquatch uh, items collected by Dr. Fahrenbach and others, uh, Dr. Meldrum, too, uh, here in the United States and Canada. Uh, I've collected anomalous hair from down here in Florida that, that nobody can identify. And, uh, you know, and of course, uh, my buddy Adam Davies uh, bought back a Rangpendic hair from Southeast Asia, and they all test uh, apparently similar to orangutan, but not identical to orangutan. Thus, it tends to support my hypothesis that there are interrelated species. Once again, how come there isn't any concrete evidence with all the technology at our disposal, and yet we still can't get the the smoking gun on Bigfoot or any other? Well, what do you call tracks? I mean, you know, you got people like Jimmy Chilcott mm-hmm. who started out as being a skeptic, uh, you know, finding tracks with dermal ridges, and, you know, now he's a dyed-in-the-wool believer. Uh, I don't know that we don't have evidence. Uh, a good example might be uh, if they are related to the red-haired giants, mm-hmm. which is possible, of Paiute legend, there are skeletal remains, it's just the government won't let us near it to test it for DNA. So are you saying there's a government conspiracy involved with Bigfoot as well? I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that there's a, you know, something going on because they simply won't let us test 
uh, you know, I mean, there's skulls from Lovelock Cave, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried uh, repeatedly to get to the skulls, and uh, the last time I tried, after they appeared in an episode of Ancient Aliens with Eric Londonikin, uh, the museum freaked out, contacted the government, and the government seized them. They won't let anybody near them. Now, why? Uh, according to the Paiute legends, they weren't Native Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, the Paiutes, uh, you know, were at war with them and uh, you know suffocated them all in Lovelock Cave uh, with a with a fire set in front of the cave. Uh, they obviously were not part of the, uh, the the group. They don't have any surviving uh, tribal people. So why would you want them under the Native American Repatriation Act? It doesn't make sense. But it doesn't make sense to me why everything in the, uh, whether it's the UFO community, whether it's uh, Bigfoot, whether it's extraterrestrials, there's always going to be a government cover-up spin-off somehow when evidence cannot be produced. Well, that may be, but that's not always the case. Take a look at the Beely Ape in, uh, in Central Africa. The, uh, the evidence sat on a museum shelf misidentified for 100 years before they got mm -hmm. that right. But and yet it turned out to be a, you know, the pantroglodyte swine furthy. All right, but with all... You know, once it's, but, it, but it's their version of Bigfoot in Central, in, in Central Africa. But once again, Scott, with all the technology at the disposal of everyone these days, whether it's the amateur, whether it's the professional, whether it's the scientist, whether it's the, uh, the military... All this technology is available, and yet no one can come up with the conclusive photo and uh, of a Bigfoot. And it seems the only thing that is that is heralded by Bigfoot believers as credible is the Patterson film. Well, and I don't know that I believe entirely that yeah. the film is genuine. There's some pretty good evidence that it isn't. You know, I'd like to believe it, and you know, for the most part, I have have over time. Mm -hmm. But as I hear more and more stories about how it might have been concocted, I get right. a little bit more antsy about it. Uh, you know, and it's hard to give things up. I mean, who was it? Uh, uh, Mark Twain who said something about it's easier to convince people of a lie than it is to convince them they've made a mistake. That's true. Yeah. Well, so, you know, uh, it, it's really rough to, to do that. And, you know, of course, I'm confused from the standpoint that I've seen the animal myself. So, I, I mean, I know there's something mm -hmm. there on a personal, subjective level, but proving it scientifically to the satisfaction of the scientific community, that, that's a different story. What did it look like when you saw the skunk ape? It stood about the same height as a man. Yeah. Uh, it was covered in fur. Mm -hmm. It. Uh, I, I could not see a lot of detail because of the lighting, uh, but it uh, was standing, you know, in in the shadows, uh, opposite me, my car in a parking area that, uh, you know, in my apartment in 1975 in suburban Orlando, which you know, was much different back then. And it seemed more interested in the dumpster than me, but it was one of those <laughs> moments that, you know, well, you everybody's had them where everything happens in slow yep. motion, and it was that kind of thing. Uh, I it, to me, it's a little bit more like uh, the the thing they talk about in Star Trek: Insurrection, where you know, they talk about a perfect moment in time mm -hmm. where everything slows down and a whole universe of things is going on at once, and you're unusually conscious of it. It's a kind of a metaphysical experience. And because, uh, I mean, there are things that just stick into my mind now, what is it, 35 years later? 
and you know, and I, I and I can see it as though it was yesterday. I mean, there's just things that are burned into my memory. Why did you want to become a cryptozoologist? That's the reason. That's the reason. You know, at the time this occurred, uh, you know, I was a pre-med student, and you know, seeing that thing just mm-hmm. like, whoa, you know, as everything I'm being taught wrong, and I, I'm one of those strange people that I want the truth. I don't give a flying, you know what, yeah. about uh, you know nonsense. I want to know the truth. How many other people have you talked to who had the same sort of sighting that you did when it comes to the, uh, the uh, swamp ape? More than I can count. Really? And, and, yeah. everything, and everything matches? There's some slight differences, but you would expect that. Sure. I mean, the overall form of the creature, uh, the you know the basic circumstance. You know, sometimes they smell them. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they don't. Uh, sometimes they report white around the eyes. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they you know they they're lighter skinned or lighter haired than other times. Some people have even seen white or gray ones, mm-hmm. whereas most of them see a charcoal brown or or, or black. Uh, but uh, you know, and, and some of them are red, like an orangutan yeah. or an Irish setter. It, so it, you know, but that's that's not unusual. Is, is it possible, I mean, Scott? I, I guess it is possible. I, I don't know how it happens, but how can a creature like Bigfoot or like the swamp ape live side by side with with humans and yet not be totally identified and proven to exist. Well, sometimes it's a matter of being mistaken. I mean, people, you know, frequently, uh, I mean, one of the things I hear constantly is people dismiss it as a bear, and then I hear the, you know, the person who had the experience, it weren't no bear. Yeah. Uh, you know, people do know the difference. Uh, but, you know, how many times, I mean, you know, it might be different for you up where you are, but I've lived in Florida now 20-some years. We got bear down here. I've never seen one in the wild. Hmm. All right. I've seen I've seen a Florida panther only once in all that time in the wild. Scott Marlowe, so, stand by, know, buddy. These are these are you know these are perplexing perplexing uh, scenarios because you saw what you saw. You're a pre, you were a pre med student. You know what you saw. Other people that you've yep. talked to also know what they saw. And it must be so hard and frustrating not to be able to convince the rest of the population with the proof. Stand by, Scott. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone with my guest this hour, Scott Marlowe, www.pangeainstitute.us. And we'll be back. Don't go away. exhausted all traditional means of healing without success? Are you experiencing communications through ghosts, angels, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services to humanity at this time through consultations. 
These consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you desire clarity of what may appear to be unexplainable phenomenon, then contact me through my website at a guiding light spelled L-I-T-E dot com to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio. Euro High Definition Radio. And Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. .exoneradiotv.com One day at midnight The sun was so bright The moon had no light But I could see this big old Sasquatch said he was top-notch at playing hopscotch way up in a tree. So I bet my wristwatch that big old Sasquatch could never play hopscotch way up in a tree. Now there's a Sasquatch up in a tree crotch. He's got my wristwatch and he's laughing at me. I told them Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Scott Marlowe is our special guest this hour. www.pangeainstitute.us. And you can also check out another good site at www.pangea-academy.org. Uh, Scott, we've been talking about uh, cryptozoology, cryptids. And when it comes to the people who have these uh, sightings, like you yourself had the sighting, is there a common thread uh between the people who have the sightings and the experiences, or are these people from right across the spectrum? Oh, good Lord. Uh, it's interesting you bring that up because the college just asked us to do a seminar, and one of the topics will be 
the psychological types for uh, eyewitnesses of paranormal uh, phenomena. Yeah. And uh, there's an enormous spectrum. Uh, only about 5% are, are highly credible. Uh, most of them are delusional, uh, trying to work a hoax uh, with some sort of sociology, sociological problem. And then others are histrionic personality disorder. And uh, I mean, it's just it, it wow. and it's, it's it's extremely difficult if you don't know what you're doing to sort through them to know what's what and who's who. What what raises flags with you when you're interviewing someone who has had an apparent sighting? Well, uh, I kind of don't like giving away the farm there, but uh, one of the things is how the people live. Uh, there are certain behavior patterns and environmental issues relative to their homes and uh, what have you that will tend to give them away. Uh, and uh, there are certain phrases and uh, attitudes and behaviors mm -hmm. that uh, also tend to give them away uh, in you know, in, in determining what's going on. I mean, you have to bear in mind that in, you know, my college background, I've got, oh God, it must be about 60 credit hours of abnormal psychology. So, you know, this is stuff I pay close attention to. So, and, uh, so the, it's fair to, so it's fair to president of, uh, president of Pangea mm -hmm. is, uh, an intake counselor for the Florida department of corrections. Uh, so, I mean, these are topics we're talking about all the time. So it's fair to say that anyone who has been on the Jerry Springer show who makes a report of seeing a, a swamp ape is somebody that you'd kind of stay away from? I would tend to be very, very skeptical of any story they put out there. So you're saying that basically out of every 100 stories you, you hear or reports that you look into, only 5%... Only 5% are wow. going to be really credible. When it comes to the, the swamp ape, as well as Bigfoot, what do we know about their, their, their family life? Uh, what do we know about their habits? Um, are, are, they, are they good parents? How do they live? What um, do they eat? You know, from a realistic point of view, since we can't actually observe them, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we really don't quote know anything. Unquote. Can we? What? What can we, we can surmise? We make some assumptions yeah. based on things that we found, and it appears that the assumption that they are somewhat similar in their social structure to a family of gorillas is probably correct. Wow. So they do they have a social structure as well? Is do they live in? Uh, do you yes. think they live in communities? And well. When you've done expeditions, have you come across any places that you believe might be the habitat of the swamp ape? And if so, what kind of habitat is it? Well, the one that I'm most confident in mm -hmm. uh, is we had several sightings after Hurricane Charlie and the, you know, their, his, the family of hurricanes passed through here in uh, 2004. And I took an expedition out after that because of the sightings into the Green Swamp uh, with some of my students. And one of the things that we discovered, Ken Gerhard, my buddy in Texas, hi Ken, uh, if you're listening, uh, came out with us on that hunt. And we found an organization of six nests 
in something along the line of a horseshoe around a structure that looked, you know, uh, constructed out of branches. Hmm. And uh, the nests were particularly interesting because of the way they were composed. Uh, Pine straw had been bought in from a considerable distance and laid on the ground that would have been trampled uh, to make a depression. Uh, And then on top of that, they laid Washington uh, palm fronds. And then they laid a layer of uh, Spanish moss. And that comprised the beds uh, or the nesting areas. Now, it was out of the... Uh, I don't know if anybody caught the episode that I did for Discovery Channel on Is It True, a short-lived show with Chuck Nice, a nice comedian fellow as the host. Uh, But uh, uh, we found hair that was mixed in with the the Spanish moss that we extracted in the lab at the college after the expedition. Mm Mm-hmm. And I kept that hair waiting for a really good opportunity to have it tested, although I examined it myself and knew it was significant. And I turned it over to Chuck on camera and let him take it back to Mike Hughes at the University of Southern California, who is a forensic hair specialist. Mike examined the hair and determined that whatever it was, it came from a mammal that was larger than a dog. And upon examination and comparison with their entire library of every known animal that has hair on the North American continent could not find a match and said it is from no known animal on North America. Now, did they, did they do a match of animals not in North America? No, unfortunately, they didn't have that, you know, that extensive a database, and they never checked that. But, uh, you know, I'm extremely interested. I don't know if Mike still has the hair. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I've, I've, as a matter of fact, I've been talking to Chuck because I really want to uh, you know, try and get that back. But Chuck's no longer associated with the production, and Discovery killed the show. So it's, you know, it's like pulling teeth. Right. But, uh, you know, I still have some of the hair left. And, uh, I, you know, I want to get DNA done on it, but there's not enough to do everything with it. So it's, you know, that's what I'm afraid of. I'd like to get the, the, the mounts back because that can be compared with other hair, hair uh, databases. Now, um, do, these, do these swamp apes stay in the same area or do they migrate to different areas? Oh, no, they migrate. Times? They migrate. And where would their migration pattern be? Well, I think in the winter they spend most of their time down in 10,000 Islands or thereabouts south of the Everglades. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, you know, out of those 10,000 islands, there's only three of them that are inhabited by humans. But uh, then they travel the the waterways, the more obscure waterways uh, in the shoulder seasons, and they they summer up in Ocala National Forest or maybe the Okefenokee. When it comes to other cryptids or cryptoids that are studied by people like yourself, um, one of the most questionable creatures of, of this era has got to be Nessie in Loch Ness Monster, is in Loch Ness, Scotland. Is it real? Is it a hoax? What's well, your take? Well, there's something there, but, it, you know, I doubt seriously it's the, you know, it's a plesiosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's got to be something else. Uh, I just don't think that, uh, you know, seagoing reptiles of that type would have survived. But that said, we have similar creatures here in Florida and off the coast that are reported from time to time, one of which 
back in 1963, was ostensibly responsible for the death of three teenagers uh, who were out swimming near the wreck of the Massachusetts by Pensacola Bay. Hmm. And what was it? Any idea? Any speculation? Well, I think it was a bull shark, but you know, the, the surviving eyewitness insists that it had a 12-foot neck like a telephone pole with a bulbous head like a turtle on the end of it. Something is strange. Something strange is happening in our seas. We see uh, uh, a drastic increase in the in the number of of jellyfish. We see a drastic increase in the number of squids. Uh, how does this play into the big picture of things? Well, it's uh, simply because the water is getting warmer. How about commercial fishing? Uh, can we uh, can we point the finger at the massive amounts of of commercial fishing that is that is actually, you know, playing with the 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 ecosystem itself? Well, that's entirely possible too. I mean, if you take the predators away, yeah. the you know bottom of the food chain expands. So you know that's probably also part of it. In your opinion, what and, is you know, of course, there are there are predators that were in Florida waters, uh, you know, 50 years ago mm-hmm. that aren't there now, such as the Caribbean monk seal. And how is this affecting? We actually had seals in the Florida in Florida waters and, and, and ha- the Caribbean in general. And how is this affecting the ecosystem in Florida? Well, I mean, you, know, you first of all, you've got other Arctic seals now radiating into that void mm-hmm. uh, that are adapting to the warmer water. Uh, that we proved on one Monster Quest episode. Uh, but, uh, you know, you've also got the other animals that will evolve into some uh, some form that will fill that void, too. That's how evolution works. When you set up an expedition, how do you prepare yourself? And how do you prepare those who are going to be going with you? Well, it depends entirely upon what the expedition is going to be for, Mm -hmm. what our mission statement is for that expedition, if you will, and you know the animal itself that we're we're after, and uh, you know what we'd like to walk away with. Uh, I mean, obviously, capture is always a goal, but uh, that's not realistic all the time. So, for example, the last major expedition I went on was with Lee Hales and and Ken Gearhart. Uh, up uh, doing the Carabelle Cat, which I believe is a black Florida panther manifestation, uh, based on the fact that I've actually seen a black Florida panther twice hmm. in two different locations here in Florida myself. So, I mean, I, you know, despite what all the zoologists say, I, I know the thing's there. Uh, you know, and I'd like to prove it. So, so, what, is, what, so is, what is so significant about the black Florida panther? Well, the zoology tells us that the Pumaconflor cannot have a melanistic phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree. When you know a panther cub is born, it has spots uh, that are black and golden uh, that which help with its camouflage. So the ability to have black fur is there. It's just nature switches it off as the panther grows. I suspect that in the northern part of the of the state, rather than the grassland south because there are even biologists out there like Lee mm-hmm. who believes Florida panthers only exist in the Everglades. I know better. I've seen them in the panhandle myself. All right, so I know they're there. But the, you know, up in that part of the country, we have cypress swamps that are big and dark and, and foreboding, and the golden coloration would stand out uh, against the dark tree trunks at the base of the, of the forest or the swamp. 
So the black coloration, like a black jaguar, mm-hmm. would actually be a better camouflage. So I think nature would evolve a black panther, a black Florida panther. Is it possible that the black panther, uh, black Florida panther, is uh, the equivalent to an albino, um, something in its DNA? That's possible, although, as I say, zoologists say it can't happen. Mm. There's never been a black one born in captivity, and there's never been, as far as I know, an albino born in captivity, which is part and parcel of why the, the zoologists are saying it's not possible. It can't happen. You know, when, now, when you when you go yeah, out on that these... Said, yeah. Now, that said, I, I mean, I've seen an albino alligator, so I know an alligator can be albino. So, you know, why not? We, can, we know we can have an albino gorilla. So if you can have an albino, you can have a, a pure black as well, which makes total sense. I would think so. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, nature being what it is, if the adaptation or mutation, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, is beneficial... It's going to be perpetuated. Nature does know best. Yep. An albino, I'm, I'm trying to picture this in my mind, an albino alligator. Oh, yeah. they. Are, if you want to come to St. Augustine, Gator Farm down there has two of them. Really? Yep. Fascinating. What do you think the, where do you think the search that cryptozoologists like yourself are doing the expeditions. Uh, what is what is the goal? Proof. You know, in a nutshell, and in the you know, to make a long story short, mm-hmm. anything that would constitute physical evidence that could be used as proof of the animal you're researching. All right, stand by, Scott. You and I have to take our final break. Um, Scott Marlowe's our guest this hour, Exxon Nation www.pangeainstitute.us and www.pangea-academy.org He makes sense to me. I'm, mind you, I'm not a zoologist. But if it makes sense, in my opinion, it's more likely to exist than not exist. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk.
fearful when the sky was full of Welcome back, everyone. Scott Marlowe is my special guest. Uh, two websites, www.pangeainstitute.us and www.pangea-academy.org. First of all, Scott, great having you back on the show. Um, do the world a favor. Oh, Keep the great work up. You know, it's it's so nice to talk to somebody like yourself who who is, is dedicated but who knows what the heck they're talking about. So uh, thanks very much for all your great work. Speaking about your work, uh, what type of uh, expeditions are you planning? Well, I, I want to keep working on this Carabao cat story, mm-hmm. uh, so I'll probably be doing an expedition up there. Uh, I'll probably do two of them, uh, not necessarily all the cat, but uh, two of them between uh, November and Christmas, or the end of, middle of November and Christmas, and uh, then most likely a couple of them in uh, 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 February, late, you know, late February, March, when the weather breaks. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking for people who want to go along with me, but I don't want to turn it into a circus. Sure. So, you know, uh, I'm always open to, to people who are interested in the subject. And, uh, you know, I do do tours, too, if anybody wants to do that kind of thing. They can just, you know, reach me by email. Now, now, uh, I'm on Facebook, too. Now, Scott, I understand that PBS is airing another uh, Weird Florida episode around the country. Uh, can you tell us about your segment in the new show? Uh, well, yeah, I did one. We have a lake monster that uh, ostensibly was in uh, the Lake Clinch down here in Frostproof, and mm-hmm. uh, they asked me to do a show on that one. They did a nice little reenactment. Uh, it was a, 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 a unexplained death attributed to the monster back in 1926. And uh, pretty kind of scary stuff. Uh, you know, the upstanding citizen who was a fisherman was found dead, and uh, uh, the circumstances surrounding the condition of the body, you know, made it look like uh, some kind of creature uh, attempted to devour him, but never was not able to. So, I, you know, I won't be a spoiler. Uh, you know, watch your PBS show for uh, for that, or your PBS channel for that. And then uh, the, the other thing I did for uh, Cineflex up there in your neck of the woods uh, with Bill Shatner uh, that was to air in Canada only and England, uh, Sci-Fi bought it, and it's starting to air on Sci-Fi now. Uh, it's uh, Bill Shatner's Weird or What. Yeah, or we, uh, Shatner's Weird or What. Yeah, we get it up here. In and, fact, I watch it daily. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and working with Bill is always a pleasure, so... Uh, you know, those are two shows you should watch. Uh, you know, I'm working on a DVD of my own, but I'll, uh, we'll talk about that another time because I know we're running out of time here. As always, Scott, great talking to you. Quickly, let our listeners know how they can co- find out more about you and uh, the Pangea Institute. Well, the website you've been citing is uh, one of the best ways. The other is uh, find me on Facebook because I post pictures all the time and you know, I've got uh, probably about 800 friends on Facebook now that are all interested in the subject, and that's the fastest way to reach me. All right, Scott, thank you very much for joining us. Continued success, and keep the great work up, my friend. Thanks so much. All right, Exxon Nation, Scott Marlowe has been my guest this hour, talking about cryptozoology, black panthers, swamp apes. We talked about sea monsters, globsters. We talked about dragon heads that are washing up on the shore. www.pangeainstitute.us
www.pangeainstitute.org. I'm sorry, pangeainstitute.us and www.pangea-academy.org. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break and the news at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. <laughs> 